Amen. Bless the name of Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful Sabbath day that you've given us. Another day we've never seen before. We, we pray only, Father, continue that your word will continue to have place in our hearts and that your sins will sink deep down in us and they become part of us just like the breath or the spirit of God is part of us. Make us complete in you. Strengthen us through your words of truth. But bless you for all things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to go ahead and get started. We are going to do a little bit here this morning teaching, preaching. But there are some things that we need to um, <clears throat> understand. So I need, I need for you to listen very closely to the words that I speak, brother and sister. Do you understand that, yes, I am a, a, a man just like anybody else? Um, but then again, I'm not a man just like anybody else. Um, <clears throat> and the only thing that will make me different is the same thing that makes you different. Is that we're a child or children of the king. Do you understand that? Almighty Yahweh has chosen us above all nations and all people, tongues, tribes, and creeds to be his people, Israel. Do you understand that? And that is a privilege, especially in this time that we're living in, time of such degenerate and reprobate minds, people who um, refuse to submit themselves to the truth because his word is the truth. But we live in a time where people spurn the word of Yah. Do you understand that? They despise his commandments and abhor and hate his ways. So it's not too hard to distinguish the people of the most high from the people of the world. Because the people of the Most High love him, love his word, and love everything that he represents. You see, it's not enough to know what his name is or what his commandment says. But you have to know who and what we, as well as him, represents. You understand? To break it down to make it a little bit more simple, there used to be a time that a man's word was his bond. In other words, if he said it, you could determine the level and character of a man by his ability to keep his word. Hallelujah. And of course, in this time of spiritual bankruptcy, moral decay, and decline in the minds. Nobody means what they says and says what they mean. And we've developed a nature to really not trust anyone at words that they say. Because men are not keeping their word and neither are we keeping our word. But when God birthed us, he didn't birth us to be a pack of hypocrites. Hallelujah. He saved us by the blood to be direct representatives of the kingdom 
of heaven. Hallelujah. And with that comes a great responsibility and a great thankfulness and soberness of mind as well as spirit. So this is one of the reasons why with so many that we seek continually that by his Holy Spirit he continues to speak to us. That his words are imparted to us that we may die out to the flesh and be conformed into the image of his dear son Sabbath after Sabbath or week after week. Not staying stagnant in our relationship but ever growing and continually coming to the knowledge of the truth. So we don't fall into the same decay of minds as this generation has fallen into. A mind that has learned how to put away the word of God from their minds. To put away his purposes and wills from their hearts. To not submit themselves to the Holy One, the one that birthed us by the blood of his dear son. Amen. Over in Romans, the first chapter, the 28th verse, the scripture says, and, you know, sometimes I, I, I go directly to the scripture because I'm trying to um, get us to understand what the scriptures are saying. And no doubt the word must be read in order for us to get understanding. Hallelujah. But I tell you what, before, let me just go ahead and start in the 18th verse of the first chapters of Romans, okay? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. Do y'all understand that that makes no difference and God is not prejudiced, neither is he discriminate. It doesn't make no difference if you're black or if you're white, if you're Hispanic or an, a or an Asian. Do y'all understand that? When he's speaking in his word, his word is his mind. Do you understand that? And he is speaking to us directly, all human beings. Do you understand that? Whether you have been birthed in the people or the city of Israel, meaning you're going to be going into the eternal kingdom, or whether you're a heathen or a pagan that has come to the knowledge of truth, you were once a stranger, but now you accept the covenant and the commandments. Amen. So when he gives you understanding by the power of his Holy Spirit, every time you read this word, he's talking directly to you. A lot of times we, would, we want God to say something to us. Well, open up the book. And let that exchange and flow of communication be one way. Him sending and you receiving. Hallelujah. The only reasoning that God does with us is our sins are scarlet, but he'll make them as white as snow. Or he'll make you as white as snow. The reason is, and it's pretty simple to me, he's right and I'm wrong. Simple enough for me. Hallelujah. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men watch this who hold the truth in unrighteousness what do men do so the subject matter he's talking about how his wrath 
is going to come down upon men. Is that right? Who is ungodly and unrighteous. Is that right? And the reason is, is because they hold the truth. Meaning that they understand the truth. But somehow they've been enticed to not present the truth the way God intended for his people to know. You understand that? So they hold the truth in unrighteousness. You know where they hold the truth, there's many, many things that can be classified as unrighteousness. A lot of things, uh, or let's just say in this particular instance, it could be for gain that is not associated with godliness. Hallelujah. Because that which may be known of God is manifested in them, for God has showed it unto them. See, this is not something that men is doing over in a corner that they don't know. They know. God has showed it to them. See, there's many things that God shows us. Let me just, instead of just trying to figure out what God is saying when he's talking to other people or people who are um, elders in the assembly and should know the truth, let's just apply it to ourselves so we can better understand. All right? It says right here that God has showed it to them. How many things have God showed you and yet you still don't do what he says? So it's no difference than the elders holding the truth in unrighteousness. You see, so there is that form of hypocrisy that seems to radiate from the pulpit to the pew that shouldn't be. And when this type of behavior is put forth, it makes it hard for people to have that trust among the brethren because we really don't get a clearance that the people who we are directly associated with with ourselves even trust God. So when the minds are like that and, and this is the words that is flying under the radar, the attitudes that's flying under the radar perception that we all can't seem to grasp and put words to, Yet we still have this withholding ability of real, true, honest love. Hallelujah. So when you have this type of nature and character inside of you, you can't expect to go to the next level of God and the next level of understanding with God because there's too much and too many reservations that is inside the heart that is working. Hallelujah. So there are things that God has showed the elders as well as he has showed us. Is that right? For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You understand that? Every single thing that has been created, it comes from the thing that we could not see. Do you understand that? Because that, and watch this now, this is not talking about a people who did not know God. See, today, people define knowing God as mental assent. But there's another definition of knowing God, and that is being personal with him. Hallelujah. Which he seeks to be with all of his people. Is to be very personal, to have a relationship, not some far off distance of just knowing. God wants to be personal with us. Hallelujah. He wants to be intimate with us as his bride. 
Is that right? Now here we're dealing with a particular mindset. It says because that, look at this, when they knew God. Did y'all hear that? They glorified him not as God. You know, there's only one thing that's going to deliver us in this wicked and perverse generation we're living in. And that's righteousness. That's the only thing that's going to deliver us is by our righteousness. Do you understand that? The prophets speak about it as well as the apostles. If we're going to be saved in this time and hour that we're living in, it's going to be by the righteousness of the kingdom that we exalt. Not only in our minds as well as in our spirits and character, but people can physically see with their eyes that these are peculiar people chosen, unlike any other generation in any other time. These are people that God has took from the slob to spawn, from the dung heap. And the potters took them and formed them and made them into the people that they are today because they've allowed the ingredient of the oil of the Holy Spirit, the water that is used to shape the clay, and allow the one who created them in his image to make them what he wants us to be this is a beautiful thing brothers and sisters and it's not something to be taken lightly because we are a peculiar people hallelujah very peculiar but we right here in the 21st verse this is a people that knew God did y'all hear that now knew is speaking past tense meaning one time they had a personal relationship with him is that right they glorified him not as God, and look at this, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to the birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Man has not stopped in his quest to try to bring God down to his level and ability and understanding. Now what man is communicating not only to himself as well as to others is, is that God can only go as far as my understanding. And I am the one is going to I am the one that is personally going to determine what God is and what God isn't. That's how man turns God into an image like a to corruptible man. Because the, we limit ourselves and then everybody can be their own personal individual God. So then we don't have to submit ourselves to what the word says. So see, this is how men do it. Again, it's not something that is so easily communicated as it is seen, but it must be seen out of a watchful eye of someone who has discerning of spirits. See, man is not comfortable today until God does what he wants them to do. You understand that? Man is not comfortable today until God does what man wants him to do. And anything over and beyond that, then it cannot be God. That's how this society operates today. That's how the assembly operates today. And so... While they think that they're wise, they're prattin' fools. 
Wherefore God, now watch this action that God is going to take because man has exalted himself above all wisdom and knowledge. It says, wherefore God have gave them up to uncleanliness through the lust of their own heart. See, everybody, what do you think? How do you feel? What's your opinion? Tell me your ideal. What is your thought? And somehow, someway, man believes that because he can come up with an ideal or a feeling that he has nothing to challenge his spirit with or against. Every man is right in their own eyes. And so today, people don't need scripture to tell them what's right and what's wrong. I say that this is a foolish man and a foolish generation because you are not the sum of all wisdom. So you can never afford to allow yourself to fall into the trap by asking someone or even including your own self, how do you feel? Because those feelings are going to be earthly. They're not going to be spiritual. And that feeling is not going to come from the very heart of the one who created us. And so we limit ourselves because we've learned this bizarre behavior of so-called having a care for each other while we use God as a sideshow. You know, God, sit over there and then when I need you, I'll call you. In case we hadn't figured it out, God doesn't play those kind of games. Hallelujah. Before I go on, in the Proverbs, the 15th chapter 28 verse, it says, The heart of the righteous studieth to answer, but the mouth of the wicked poureth out evil things. Do you understand that? So if we're going to learn anything in his life, it can't come because of our own personal belief idea, thought, or feeling. It has to come from a greater source than our own self-worth, which is not worth too much after all anyway. It has to come from truth. And since truth only originates from one source, that's the source we have to go to. Because if we don't continue to press our minds toward that way, we can deceive ourselves and we'll end up just like the rest of the people who are going headlong to Sodom and Gomorrah. See, the deceitful thing is having a form of godliness, but denying the power. You notice that truth is always the access to power. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. Sanctify them, not the world. Them, his people. Sanctify them through thy truth. Set them apart through thy truth. Because thy word 
is truth. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and meaning they're joining this together. Truth. In spirit and in truth. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you can't separate the truth from God. You can't separate God from the truth. You can't separate his Holy Spirit from the truth. And you can't separate the truth from the spirit because they are one. And his words that he gave to us in the book of John is that we will all be sanctified and be one even as Jesus was one with the Father. Hallelujah. One mind, one heart, one soul, one spirit. Hallelujah. Wherefore God gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. Who worship and serve the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. Now there's a cause now and you can tell that the scripture is, is, is going somewhere. The direction is going somewhere but we must deal with the minds and all the things that challenge the minds of men in order to get to the truth. Of the intent of God. Hallelujah. Now look at this. With knowing that with all this uncleanliness. And all this rejection. And all this spurning. And all this self exaltation and pride. That man is, is doing. And all this changing. That we have just read about. Man thinks he's in control. Because he professes himself as being wise. But listen to what God says. In the 20s. Sixth verse. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one towards another. Men working with men that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. You see, this is a particular behavior that God has neither preordained, sanctified, nor has he made man for this type of use. But some way, somehow, somebody has professed themselves to be wiser than God. And we're living in a generation, brother and sister, that our minds are constantly are being pressed to compromise and to change the holiness of God. I saw the other day on internet, online, on CNN, the headlines read, and there was a, uh, a man is getting ready to have his second baby. So the first thought come to my mind was, I, I said, I wonder how comfortable they're trying to make people feel with such defilement of mind and character. I know it can't be nothing but vileness from the pit of hell. Because you know just as well as I do that God did not create a man to birth babies. 
So there had to be some type of disease, some type of spiritual infection of the mind to take place in order for something like this to happen. So what had happened was is that there was a woman, or let's say this it, this perversion of nature, was born a woman, a very attractive woman. But something inside the mind told it that its character, its lust, its nature should be a man. So they begin to believe these vile imaginations and thoughts. They just, this thing begin to dishonor its own body. Do y'all see the scriptures coming into play now? You see, that doesn't trouble me so much as if the church is changing its position from holiness. Because we're living in times where it's getting more increasingly difficult for people to discern what's right and what's wrong. And it's not because right is still not right, because right is still right and wrong is still wrong. The problem is is the way that man is going away from the one who created him. That's the problem. And of course, when man goes away from the supreme authority, the one true eternal most high, he goes about to define his own righteousness. And that's why I spoke early about now, you know, this is how, and this is the beginning of a mind that is being turned over to being a reprobate. Because when you can no longer discern between good and evil, and when you can find yourself associating with things that comes right out of the pit of hell, you ought to check your spirit to see if you have not fallen and if not going the same way into the same condemnation as the people who have allowed the entrance of these wicked, vile thoughts to enter into their spirit. If it's not enticed you some way, somehow, because that's how the enemy works, like a snare. God needs people that's going to stand for his truth no matter what. But this thing had its breast surgically removed. Cut off all of its hair. Made itself look like a man. And then planted some type of hair above his lip to give it a resemblance of a mustache. And here's this man poking out in the belly. It, 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 now this it is married to a woman. And so they wanted to have a baby. So this it kept the features or all the internal organs. And so this it went and got artificially inseminated. And now this it is pregnant. Now before I go any further... I'm going I'm to let you know what I'm getting to. You see, it's this type of behavior that lets me know that the judgment of God is nigh. Even at the door. That doesn't disturb me as those who claim to be righteous seem to be tolerable of this kind of nature. That's what's disturbing me. Because, see, that's the same thing that Sodom and Gomorrah were. They are a wicked, 
perverse and vile city. And the perversion that becomes so, so, so great that it no longer troubled, nor did it bother the conscience or the mind. People have seemed to assimilate and got comfortable with those who defy the very ordinance of the one who created man. So when man refuses to conform to be like God, man thus through his conscience, you know what he does? Do away with God. Well, this doing away only lasts for just your little small petty life. Because then after that comes the judgment. It goes on to, to Satan. And look at this now. Look at this. 28th verse. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So in other words, I don't want what God says. I, don't, I could care less what God says. I don't even want my mind to be affected with what God says. See, notice, they did not like to retain. But they did like to retain every vile, wicked, and corrupt thing that there is. Uncleanliness. They loved it. But they definitely did not love God's word. God gave them over to a, what's that word? Reprobate. Reprobate. An unfit mind. A mind that is cast away and rejected of God. A mind that cannot stand to the test. A mind that is not approved by the Most High. God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Look at this. To do those things which are not convenient. Now, you know, we, we spoke about it earlier, and we do it all the time, how that when God is finished with someone, he will allow them to go on doing those things that they believe is so right. And they will become preachers and teachers of unrighteousness. And they will get many disciples through that deception. Because they believe it in their heart. How else could God give them over to a reprobate mind? The Bible clearly says to do those things which is unseemly. So the lie that has called many, many cities to be destroyed and the perversion that once was has now come back again in the time that we're living in now. And God's going to do the same thing with them as he did then. He's going to destroy them by fire. One thing about it, there will be no faggots no queers and no homosexuals and no infeminate man in, in the kingdom. We can thank God for that. There will not be. You see, when your mind is centered and minds will start going this way, you no longer know what truth is because righteousness is defined by your own feelings, emotions, Ideals, thoughts. And in order to make yourself feel comfortable, you have to do away with anything that brings about conviction. 
So when man does away with God, God does away with him, and the man believes that he is right. That's why they preach it with such vigor. That's why you see the fags up today and the homosexuals and all the vile people today hold up signs trying to get their rights over. This is an end time spirit that was prophesied of again and again and again. In my day growing up, there was a thing uh, said that if you had any type of wicked affections like this, you kept quiet about it. Because in my day, you got beat for it. It was just automatically in the nature of men to beat someone. Whether they were saved or unsaved, they didn't know, but they knew they did not like that. And now they have a voice. They have a voice. I said it once, I said it before. I said it once and I said it before that God did not create Adam and Steve and he did not create Eve and Jane. The same way that this perversion is entering into these minds to give these people to believe because they have been given over, that they're right. It's the same way that Satan entices the minds of God's saints to do away with God's word and for you to exalt any vile affection that you have above God. If you like idleness of time, you will receive the same condemnation and damnation that Sodom did. You like bread natural more than the bread of God's word, you will receive the same condemnation and the same damnation as Sodom and Gomorrah did. So don't think because you don't have or deal with this depraved fallen nature that you're out of the woods that's why you must sanctify yourself daily with the truth you must bask yourself in the truth you must bathe yourself in the truth you must love the truth more than you love anything brothers and sisters you are required to stir up the gift that is within you it will be a good thing in the morning and especially when you get some quiet time to softly clap your hands and thank him for his word. Thank him for his truth that is imparted into your heart. And thank God that he hasn't given you over to a vile and corrupt, reprobate mind till you don't even know who God is anymore. A reprobate mind is someone who has been given over who can no longer be judged by God's word because they have defined righteousness for themselves. Amen. So God gave them over to a rebate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness. Look at this. They are filled with what? Righteousness? Filled with holiness? Filled with being sanctified? Filled with being clean? It doesn't say that, does it? It says they're being filled with all what? Unrighteousness. And then it goes on to start to name the unrighteousness that people are being filled with. Look at this. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, Proud, boasters, inventor 
of evil things, and I care not to even mention some of the things that they invented in order to arouse the affections of natural man nowadays. It's, 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 it's so corrupt. I don't even want to, I'm not even going to say it because I don't even want our children's mind to be affected even wonder on some mess like that to give the intrusion of wicked demonic spirits some type of power to pervert their pure minds. Hallelujah. Disobedient to parents without understanding. Now you listen to them, they believe they have it. Covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now watch this now, watch this. Who knowing the judgment of God, they, they know the judgment of God. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. You see, that's the problem right there. That's what I'm getting to. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a sad thing when the saints of the most high can have what you would call relations, friendship relations, with such virile, corrupt minds as this. You have pleasure in them to do it. See, a fag can't be my friend, can't be my brother, in no way, shape, fashion, or form. Because I am not about to give the devil place. Are y'all here understand what I'm saying? It twists the mind. It warps the mind to where a mind can't even no longer discern what's good and what's evil. That's the type of nature. How do you think Satan supposed to come? Who, hey, those people probably, hey, you know what? Those are some of the most understanding people that there is. But what you're missing is, is you're missing the deceit, the hook that Satan has for the mind. Then when you start developing associations with such wicked things as this, you yourself are going to become even the more wicked. Not only is he talking about homosexuals, but he's also talking about fornication, wicked people, people who are envious. He lumps them all in the same category. Backbiters, disobedient to parents, without understanding, without natural affection, unmerciful people. These are all lumped together in the same, 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 same old lump. And therefore, they're all going to receive the same judgment. So the reason why we tell you these things, because, you see, if we don't continue to mention these things over and over again, what is a good mind and what is a reprobate mind, we would justify ourselves to think to see that those who are, quote, unquote, nice, there will be something else to tell us that they are okay because they don't challenge our senses. But you can't afford to ever allow yourself to feel comfortable around something that is a direct defilement of God. You've got to honor yourself at least, if you haven't, at least start. Protect yourself and keep yourself in the love of God by exalting and loving his word more than anything. Amen. And never being fond of a man that has gone back on God. I don't care how sweet. They may present themselves. 
But there's a right and there's a wrong. And that's all there is to it. 2 Timothy 3.8 says, and we need to turn over that quickly. Now, 8 is the verse that we're going to highlight more than anything. But I'm going to start at the first verse because we need understanding, okay? There's no also that in the last days, that in the what days? The last days. That in the what days? The last days, perilous times shall come. Well, how do we know that we are in the last days? And how do we know that perilous times has not only come but are here? Well, the Bible is going to tell us. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Going to be selfish. Let's look at the resume. Covetous. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Look at this again. Disobedient to parents. It's, it's amazing how that keeps coming up, isn't it? You know what parents, parents are supposed to be stability in the home. Parents are supposed to be uh, the teachers of the ones who they had birthed. Because the only way that their minds are going to understand what's right and wrong is the communication that they get from their parents. And if the parents don't know nothing, then the children is not going to know anything. If the parents don't stand for nothing, then the children's not going to know anything. And the last thing you want is your children to end up like you. A parent has got any type of mind at all want their children minds to be a thousand percent better. Than what them or they themselves are. So to raise your children to be just like you ain't saying too much. And if the best you got to give them is what you already are, then you are in a mess. And that nature really needs to be challenged. You know, the way it should be, his parents in every generation should be a, more stricter on their children than what they were. Because even in here, you look at the children, there are things they have yet to experience and don't know about. But if you shape and fashion and form their minds according to what the word says, the answer that would never be challenged is already there in their hearts. The ability to compromise would not even be an issue because their minds have been shaped to know what God says. And so as soon as something comes up that challenges righteousness in God, they will reject because they've been brought up the right way. Hallelujah. So if a parent doesn't want better for their children than what they had them on sales, then no doubt something is wrong. And you can see the effects of this generation even upon us. Hallelujah. It's not a good resume right here so far. Is it not? Unthankful and unholy. Look at this again. Without natural affection. Now, Every single one of these words, you notice it has a comma after it. That means it wants you to know definitive what they are. And you don't want this type of nature to be inside of you. 
So there's a lot of purification of soul and spirit that each and every last one of us is responsible for. In order to fulfill the most truest and holiest religion that there is, which is holiness. Be ye holy, for I am holy, say of the Lord. And without holiness, no man shall see God. So God defined what holiness is through his word. He lets us know what is approved and what is disapproved. And there is no compromise with the Holy One of Israel. There's only agreement. Hallelujah. So if you're going to keep yourself and your descendants in the love of God, you exalt truth in the inward parts. And you say it without any reservations or any fear. Truth breakers. You know, you start thinking about truth breakers, buddy. You know, I was talking the other night, and I needed to say this because it's the first time I ever spoke it this way. And, and what I said was this. I said, isn't it amazing? Now, just think for a moment what I'm getting ready to say. Isn't it amazing how that when you got the two tablets of stone, and you got on the first sides of the tables of stone, written with the finger of God, by the way, is the first four commandments that show you how man is to love God. How man is to love Yahweh, the creator, the eternal most high. And then on the second set, you have six. That has to do with love for fellow man. Is that right? Now on the first side, you, you have over here, thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Thou shalt not make any engraving images or any likenesses. And remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But have you ever realized and thought for one moment that there is not one law on natural man books that has a sentence connected to it with the breaking of the first set of commandments etched in stone? When it comes to man offending God, transgressing against God and breaking his will there's not one not one law in natural man's book that will send you to prison for breaking it what a masterful job Satan has done but then you get over here to this second set honor thy father and mother thou should not kill thou should not steal thou should not commit adultery Thou shalt not covet and thou shalt not bear false witness. When you get over here to the second set, there's thousands of laws written on the natural books of man that will send you to prison at the transgression of one of those. One of those, each one of those carry a different weight on this earth than those do over here. And even the harshness of our own spirit. When someone breaks these, we have all the mercy, all the compassion, all the long suffering in the world for someone who breaks these. Someone breaks these because it's a direct affront and offense to you and because it touches right at home in your heart. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, brothers, I think that's a corrupt mind. I think it has a very vile and corrupt mind. 
And the type of judgment that we will put on someone for breaking these, which has to do with man, as opposed to these which have to do with God. It's amazing how tolerable we are when people can curse God, take his name in vain, break his Sabbath day. And yet we say nothing about it. But we're never without and we're never a loss for words when someone break these. When it has to do with the law of man. And the scripture says that on these two commandments, meaning these two tables, hangeth the whole entire law. In Israel, the word in Israel is supposed to hear is to love the Lord thy God first with all thy heart. And with all thy soul. And with all thy mind. And with all thy strength. And he said the second is like to the first. And we got it backwards when you think that you can fulfill these and you can deny this one. There's no fulfillment of this one without this one first. And there's no way you can love man until you first learn. And you have to learn how to love your God more than anything. Because without him there's not even life. It's not even breath. It's not even strength. And what this generation has done to our minds has corrupted even our perception. To where we actually will judge a man harshly and sentence him because of direct offense in front against me and say nothing about what they doing against your God. I tell you, Satan has done a job. Satan has done a job. Now personally, I like to think myself in a good mind and good conscience. Is that not a thought? Something that continually needs to be visited. See, when someone, see, these have to do because they are direct offense against me. And then in comes your feelings and your emotions, all the things of the soul. So you begin to feel these because you can feel them in the inward parts. And we're very unmerciful to someone who transgressed this one. With this one, we put blinders on. It doesn't even trouble us at all. I'm going to tell you right now, that's not God's judgment. God doesn't see as man sees. So you're doing fine as long as on the outward adornment and nobody transgressed your set. You see, if these things are not preached in the congregation of the holy, our minds would be just like Sodom and Gomorrah. We would quickly soon forget. Regardless of the way and the wave of the future is going, there should never ever be once or anything, spirit, height, breath, nothing to separate you it didn't say from the love of man 
said from the love of God. And when you can allow yourself to be separated from this set and then not have any convicting power around those who transgress this set and you can tolerate them all day long you've got to question your walk with the king and the Acts of the Apostles it says in Acts 5th chapter 29 verse we ought to obey God rather than man is that not a good analogy? Is that not a good way to really truly look at it and see it the way God sees it? Is that not so? Is that not so? Hmm? Man, I thought that was so beautiful. I said, Father, boy, if I can remember that, bring it to my memory again so I can make sure I repeat this to the saints of the Most High. Because everything in this generation, brothers and sisters, is out to entice us to move us away from our love of God. Scripture goes on to say in 2 Timothy 3, and we're going to go, uh, we're going to continue on in the third verse. It says, false accusers. Y'all hear that? I mean, even in this little small country town, there's so much falseness, so much phoniness. Nothing's pure. And no, this is a sin of the mouth. Huh? Mouth disease. False accusers. Incontent. Incontent means, you have to question yourself, brothers and sisters. Do you really have self-control? You just think of some of the areas in your life. Do you have self-control? Because if you don't have self-control... You are lumped right in the same category as those that are blasphemers and disobedient. The ones that love themselves. So incontent is a powerless person without any self-control. And of course you won't get too many smiles and hugs from me when I see a person like that. Because I know what's going on. I know that the mind is deceived and Satan is trying his best to put a chain and snare around it and take that mind down into the pit of destruction. So you won't get too many smiles from me when I see some type of spirit is done intruded in upon your nature and your spirit. You won't get too much compassion to me, you're going to get the word of God. And I hope that you have the ability to hear. You may not like it at the time, but you'll come thank me later. See, brother, so we better get our mind right. We better get our mind right to where we love God first. No wonder people can't really truly be born to Christ. Because we put everything before him. Hallelujah. Fierce. Despisers of those that are good. Why would somebody want to do that? A good person never hurts anyone. So why would somebody want to despise someone that does good? Huh? That's the nature. That's the character. That's the type of spirit we in, brothers and sisters. Traitors. Heady. High-minded. Here it is again. Watch this now. Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Watch this. Having a form of godliness. How many people you see that again? Huh? They got a form, don't they? 
but denying the power thereof. From such turn away. Can you do that? You need to ask yourself that question. Can you do that? Because if you can't do it, you can't keep yourself in the love of God. Now, I didn't say you had to get irate with them. Start prophesying and crucifying them. There's a certain defense that you should have about yourself in order to guard your spirit and nature to keep it pure. Hallelujah. Of this sort. Now, he's given an example. Are they which crept into houses and led away captive, silly, and led captive? Of this sort, are they which crept into houses and led captive, silly women, laden with sins, led away with divers lust, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. And that's I'm ever learning but never able to be delivered. Now as Janus and Jamrus withstood Moses. So you got to watch those people who withstand the elder. You got to watch them brothers and sisters. Look at this now. So do these also resist the truth. Now we know who the truth is, right? We defined that early, did we not? Did we not give definitive terms to what truth is and who truth is? Is it not the most high? Is it not the Messiah, the king of glory? All right, so it says, so do these resist the truth. Look what it says now. Men of corrupt minds. Do you understand the word corrupt? I understand that there's a lot of corruptness and, and we seem to tolerate a lot of things nowadays that still doesn't change it. It's still corrupt. Men are corrupt. But look at this. Corrupt what though? Minds. You know the reason why? Because the entrance of his word that brings and gives life is not allowed to come in. They don't want a part of it. So their minds are corrupt. Look at this. Reprobate concerning the faith. Isn't that something? Reprobate concerning the faith. You know, the amazing thing is, is that sinners in the world, they, they really truly don't deceive you at all. They just flat out let you know they're wicked and vile. But boy, those who say, praise the Lord, glory, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah, glory be to God, Amen. them the ones. Oh, yeah, them the ones. But they shall proceed no farther, for their folly shall be manifested unto all men, meaning their stupidity, the wicked madness and rage of their mind is going to be manifested unto all men as there also was. But thou hast fully known my doctrine. Do you understand that? My doctrine. Isn't it amazing how you associated God's word with him? My teaching. My you fully know what it is. Manner of life. Purpose and faith. Long-suffering charity and patience. Persecutions and afflictions which came to me at Antioch, at Iconium, and at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord did what? Delivered me. Now, why would a man that despises evil can't stand iniquity? Why would he have to deal with persecution? Huh? You would seem like man, a man like that 
the world would love because you wouldn't have to worry about him troubling them. He definitely won't transgress. He won't come against you. Uh, let me get one more over here. Titus 1, 16. And of course, that's going to be the verse we're going to highlight more than anything. Starting at verse 10 to get the understanding of the 16th verse. For there are many unruly and vain talkers. Do y'all see the reason why I, I, you, know, I, I, I try, you know, I try my best to do it in, in such a kind way. Because you need to be good to all men, especially the household of faith. That's right. But, you know, I, I really do. I really do. There's nothing wrong with you trying to get understanding with something, having a little small discussion. But to always run your mouth. And the Bible speaks against that, brothers and sisters. It really truly does. You can't find it nowhere in there. It speaks so much against someone that just cannot put a governor on their mouth. So many scriptures, let your words be few. Huh? Sound words. It just goes on. But look what it says now. For there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they are the what? Circumcision, those who are saved, born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, fire baptized, there go your deceivers. Yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Especially they're the circumcision, whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things which they ought not. What's the reason? For filthy lucre's sake. In other words, they have some hidden agenda of gain. One of them own selves, even a prophet of their own said, the Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. For this witness is true. Wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. Not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Y'all realize how many commandments of men we have today that turn from the truth? I mean literal, flat-out commands of men that actually turn you away from the truth of God. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their, here it is again, their what? Mind and what? Conscious is defiled. See, people today can't even receive conviction of the Holy Ghost because their conscience is seared. The natural order and way of thinking that God has birthed every man with, the conscience, that conscience don't even exist anymore. It's amazing how they all have something in common. So God is warning us against religious people. Look what he says. They profess that they know God. But in works they deny him being abominable. And disobedient. And unto every good work. There it is again. Look at this. Reprobate. Just reprobate. Reprobate. You see you don't want this kind of nature in you brothers and sisters. Hmm? And Christianity has done with, away with so much. That pertains to God. That they do not even know him no more. It has made a religion different from the Bible. However, it does use the Bible to support 
their traditional ideals and religion. The Bible is nothing more than a set of rules and regulations to most people. But to us, it's the word of truth. The truth of living y'all. So therefore, we obey it. We don't make excuse for it. Amen? Just like Jesus told the woman at the well. And he did tell the woman at the well something. I want y'all to go there, John 4, 21. I want you to go there. Y'all to listen to this. So that we can all know who we worship. John 4, 21, Jesus said unto her, listen to what he said. Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor at Jerusalem worship the Father. See, it used to be a time that people would actually have to make a pilgrimage and go to Jerusalem in order to bring about pure, true worship. He says, ye worship, ye know not what. I try to tell people all the time, you don't know what you're doing. So if I'm telling somebody they don't know what they're doing, you know what that's implying? I know what I'm doing. <laughs> it ain't hard. Look what it says. Jesus said, ye worship, ye know not. We know what we worship. Now, watch this. Everybody ready for this one? For salvation is of the Jews. It didn't say it was of the Christians, did it? It says it's of the Jews. Is that right? And listen to what Jesus said. But the hour cometh. The, the what cometh? The hour. That means the time cometh. Y'all understand it, right? And now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father. Shall worship who? The Father in spirit and in truth for the father what does he do seek such to worship him huh and the only way you can worship the father is in spirit and in what true salvation and deliverance is of the Jews is that right God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So don't tell me you have the truth and you don't have the spirit. And you have the spirit but you don't have the truth. You're a liar. The only way somebody can truly worship God is in spirit and truth. And you know we got a history that God has always warned Israel to never go after strange gods. Is that right? Never to go up to strange gods. And not to marry strange wives. And you notice I keep on saying that around here. And I'm going to keep on saying it too. And you won't see me participating in a marriage where amongst us here who know the truth. Who know the truth. And then you go out and get someone outside the covenant. I won't be a partaker of that. Now I'm not getting away of your happiness. You do what you want to do but don't include me. Why? Because thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of lifestyle. I think I speak very plain and clear. Am I making sense? So don't be asking me. Don't think you're going to get my senses aroused because I'm fond of you as a brother and sister. You step outside the covenant, I'm not stepping with you. 
You be mad and conjure up all the sensations you want. You won't have me part of them. One thing you'll know, that, hey, it'll be said when I'm gone. One thing about it, he didn't compromise God. No, he didn't either. And so, you know, God's people were charged not to marry heathen nations. Where did all this behavior come from? Because you remember God told Solomon to don't take on strange wives. Ain't that right? And Solomon, Jesus was the wisest. Solomon, the wisest man to live up until Christ. And with all that wisdom, you see what that wisdom does? It gave him the means to justify himself. Hmm? Hallelujah. And one of the problems that God continually kept having over and over again is that the people would continue to worship. I tell you what, let's go to 1 Kings 11 and I'm almost done. Because I'm going to sum up this in just a few sayings because I'm not going to go in too much because Brother Shane is going to do a teaching here um, Bible study night, fourth day night. We're going off into tabernacles. You're going to talk to us about Tabernacle Moses first. Do Tabernacle Moses first, brother. All right? It's the first tabernacle. And I, I'll tell you the reason why you need to do that first, too. Hallelujah. We're in 1 Kings, right? Chapter 11. I want, to, I want to bring you some things here. Put some things into our minds what the word says, okay? Let's read the second verse. And other nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go in unto them, neither shall they come in unto you. For surely they will do what? Turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon cleaved unto these in love. You see what they did? And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines. And his wives turned away his heart. You understand that? And, and, and ain't nobody in here no Solomon. So don't you think that your heart can't be enticed and turned away. Is that right? And it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives turned away his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God. As was, his, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ishtroth. The goddess of the Zidonians. And after Malcolm. The abomination of the Amorites. And we all know that that Ishtoth is the same thing. The queen of heaven. From whom the name Easter is derived. And so here are people. In this country with such reprobate minds. Believe that they're serving the most high. And the same warning that he gave Solomon. He gives unto this nation. Who claims to be Israel. Spiritually. And yet and still, they will not stop their vile abomination of serving Ishtar and making sacrifices to her every Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning. And that's something. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Is that right? Now watch this. Solomon had got a warning because of his sins. Over in the 11th verse, and I'm going to read this. And wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, for much as it is done to thee, of thee, that thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes, which I have commanded thee. 
Solomon didn't what? He did not keep it. Is that right? I will surely rent the kingdom from thee and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding, in the days I will not do it for David, thy father's sake, but I will rent it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit, I will not rent it away all the kingdoms, but will give one tribe to thy son for David, my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, I have chosen. There's a name in Jerusalem. Is that right? Well, God put on Jerusalem. Is that right? Now, let's go on down here. And let's read over here in the, uh, the 31st verse. And you remember, Rehoboam was a Solomon's son. And Jeroboam was a servant. All right? And then there was a prophet, uh, Elijah. Elijah. All right? He took the garments of Jeroboam. 31st verse. And he said to Jeroboam, take the ten pieces, for thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I will rent the kingdom out of thy hand of Solomon. I will rent the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and I will give thee ten tribes unto thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Because they have, look at this, forsaken me and have worshipped what? Astaroth. Isn't that something? For they have worshipped Astaroth. Yeah, brothers and sisters, Astaroth again is the queen of heaven to whom the name Easter is derived. And he, you got all these people clacking and calling on so-called Jesus and they're serving the queen of heaven. I don't care what they say and what they present themselves as. They are forsaken of God. Do you understand that? God is not going to tolerate coexistence. You worshiping so-called serving him with another God. Thou shalt have no other gods, period. It's pretty clear. Is that right? The goddess of the Zidonians, Kamesh, and the god of the Moabites, and Malcolm, the god of the children of the Amorites, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in my eyes and to keep the statutes and judgments as did David his father. Now watch this now. We're going to go over here. Now what had happened was that there, there was a revolt. And Rehoboam, you know, in his youthful exuberance, decided he was going to show his authority. And Jeroboam came and presented an ultimatum to Rehoboam. Said, we're going to serve you if you do this, serve you, do that. And so Rehoboam consulted with the elders. But the Bible says in verse 8 of the 12th chapter of 1 Kings, but he forsook the counsel of the old man which they had given him and consulted with the young man that were grown up with him and which stood before him. So he did what? He forsook it. And this is what Rehoboam said to Jeroboam and all the people. And he said unto them, what counsel give ye that ye may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto the people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, but make thou it lighter unto us. Thus shalt thou say unto them. And this is the counsel that the young men is given Rehoboam to say to Israel and Jeroboam. 
My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. Now, and now, whereas my father did laden you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. My father have chastened you with whips, but I will chasten you with scorpions. Now, you have to understand, this man is king right now. And these people are trying to um, come and change his mind. Now, I didn't say that he did right. And I didn't say that the elders have given the right counsel when you read this. But for a nation, because, you know, a lot of times you hear this story, you hear about how rebellious Rehoboam was, and no doubt he was, because of his youthfulness. He didn't have understanding. And so he's going to usurp his authority. But neither was it right for Israel to come to the king and, and tell him what to do. And no matter what they thought, whether they liked it or not, God went wherever Levites was. And the Levites went with Rehoboam. They didn't go with Jeroboam north to the ten tribes that went north. Hallelujah. So whether they like it or not, God was still on Rehoboam's side. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day. And the king appointed and said, and he came to me again the third day. And the, and the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him. And of course he did repeat exactly what the young men had told him. And he did it. And so verse 19 it says, and so Israel the ten northern tribes rebelled against the house of David until this day. The house of David was consist of Judah and the Levites. Did y'all hear that? And so Jeroboam began to go off into apostasy. And he started making up, he made up two golden calves. Pitch one, I think if my mind served me right, I can't remember. I know one was in Dan. And um, he made um, the Feast of Tabernacles to take place in the eighth month. Because he had a fear that Israel was going to return back to Rehoboam. Now, the reason why I'm bringing all this up, brothers and sisters, because you see, there are things that are very, very clear to us when it comes to the feast days. And the reason why we're talking about it, you see, Passover or unleavened bread, Passover, lets us get to know the king personally. You understand that? When you get to Pentecost, Pentecost is the spiritual baptism that Jesus often spoke about and was fulfilled. And this is what places us in the body of Christ or the assembly of God. Do you understand? So first we have the personal relationship of the feast and then we have the spirit indwelling. Are you following me? Now there is no way that someone can celebrate tabernacles and keep the feast of tabernacles without first keeping the feast of unleavened bread and Pentecost. Because you cannot tabernacle with God without a personal relationship and without being filled with his Holy Spirit. Do you understand that? You see, so these feast days carry a very, I mean, a, a very, very strict importance to it, brothers and sisters. It's more than just coming to the knowledge of truth and knowing what we should be doing. Hallelujah. Because, see, tabernacles, that feast day, because remember, Deuteronomy 16, 16, say three times in the year, shall all males appear before me. Is that right? 
the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. Is that right? Now, Tabernacles consist of the blowing of trumpets and the Day of Atonement, which all are culminated, come to the consummation of Tabernacles, which God would tabernacle with man, which is the feast days to be celebrated seven days. Are you following? And so there's the blowing of the trumpets, and there's the understanding of teaching of atonement, and then there's seven days of praise, seven days of worship, seven days of praise, and seven days of worship continually. Do you understand that? It's a celebration time, brothers and sisters. Because tabernacles is significant of how our God is going to come down and tabernacle with man forever. Hallelujah. So I understand, and you should understand the reason why people don't do these. Because they're not for the people of this land, nor the nations of this land. These are only for Israel. And Israel is the ones that God have chosen from the Jews and the Gentiles. Do you understand that? The people of God, do you understand that? And he's going to make one nation. There ain't going to be no more division. It's going to be one nation. They're all going to be called Israel. Do you understand that? So, it shouldn't be any compunction to you at all to why people don't do these because they, they can't do what they don't know and they can't do what they don't understand. God said clearly, when I see the blood, I'm going to pass over you. You are the temple of God and the blood must be applied to your temple. And the only reason why God has any type of forgiveness for us is always because, not because he's looking at you. It's because he's looking at the blood that's been applied to you. He's looking at the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's on the doorpost of your hearts. Hallelujah. And so when Jesus told John the Baptist, and John the Baptist declared over and over and over again, and the people heard it, he said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one who's coming after me who is mighty and I whose shoe lashes. I am not worthy unloose. And when he's come, he's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You see, when Jesus came, he was already here up on the earth, and he celebrated many, 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 many Passovers with him. Now, when I say many, 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 I'm talking about from his youth up because Jesus kept the word. These are unlike our laws of today. The religions of today. That's the reason why they can't worship him in spirit and in truth. Because you have to know the truth. Because the spirit and the word agree. And since the word is the truth, hallelujah. And when we do these things, it brings us closer to our God because he's given us his Holy Spirit. And his spirit bears witness. Hallelujah. Regardless of what pagan Christianity is put forth. They have exalted every lie in the name of Ishtart or Easter, in the name of Christ, Christmas, the name of Sun God, Sunday, and they do not exalt one thing of God, not one truth. So that's the reason why they don't have his spirit. That's the reason why there's not really a truly personal relationship. How can someone have a personal relationship when you don't know about unleavened bread and Passover? You don't even, you, you talk to people today and see, they'll tell, I'm saved, saved from what? And then they go live the rest of their days in life without any knowledge of God. There's nothing in them that draws them closer to God. No appreciation. No thankgiveness. No nothing. But they that do know their God, they'll be strong. 
that do exploits. Hallelujah. So God's people do know the truth. Pentecost gives a pass. I mean, Passover gives us that personal relationship with him. Pentecost gives us that filling of the spirit, the indwelling spirit of the most high. And of course, him having all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, he just gives us enough measure of his spirit that we can contain ourselves. Hallelujah. We begin to understand the words of the prophet when we really truly begin to praise him because that is like fire shut up in my bones. That's where the Holy Spirit dance comes from. That's when you see people dancing and stuff because that fire is consuming their whole spirit. And you may think that they're going through something and they're like, what in the world's going on? But they're rejoicing. They don't want that fire to stop burning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what a day is going to be when the new Jerusalem comes down out of heaven. Huh? What a day that's going to be. What a day that's going to be. God's going to tabernacle with men. So, you know, the prophets mentioned a lot about this particular feast day. As a matter of fact, tabernacles is spoken of more than any other feast day. Just like the Sabbath day is spoken of more than any other commandment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, you just look at the two. It's amazing what's going on. Because the Sabbath is eternal just like the tabernacles is eternal. Hallelujah. I've got plenty, plenty of other scriptures and stuff today, but... You know, we, we do so much teaching here, and we definitely get a lot of spiritual understanding here. Um, we need good, sound word, wholesome words, so that we don't forget who we are and know why we do what we do, so that we never be enticed by the enemy of our soul to compromise his holiness and his truth. We are people, brothers and sisters. We are Israel who God has chosen, a peculiar people. Chose us out every tongue, tribe, and creed and made us one. One with him. And so we ought to be a grateful and thankful people in this time that we're living in. I do thank him for choosing me. I really do. When I think about how he's chosen me to come out of a place that was leading me straight to hell, and then he still delivered me from hell I've yet to discover. His tender mercies are new every morning. And I'm going to bless him. I am. I'm going to thank him too. And I'm not going to be ashamed of the gospel. No, I ain't either. But I said, it's going to be the power of God. I could care less if people don't understand it or not. I've been where they are and I'm going a place where many ain't going. Because none but the righteous is going to see him. And I'm going to be in that number and you all to press on, saints of the most high, to be in that number. Let righteousness be your defense and let it exalt you high above the heavens. Because the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some men do count slackness. But he's not slack. Hallelujah. So we're not serving him in vain. Yeah, you better believe as we go on, it's going to distance you more and more from the world. That is the intent. Amen. If you don't know it, in case you're trying to figure out if this is a riddle or not, our intent is to distance you far from the thinking and fashion of this world. And to get you close 
into the very bosom of Yahweh. Hallelujah. That's the only safe place I know. Lord is my defense. Hallelujah. We bless the name of Jesus. Sweetest name I know. I was talking to Sister Carol this morning. I said, you know, honey, because Sister Carol, she, you know, she just listens to me. She listens to me because she knows I'm going to say something important to her anyway, so she listens. Yeah. And I said, you know, this, this perverse movement called the Sacred Name Movement. I said, they will holler, there were no J's. There were no J's. No, no. I say, and you know, their mind is so twisted and warped and perverted. You can tell them that, or they can tell us that. And of course, we can acknowledge that. There were no J's, but there are now. No big deal. But then I turn around and tell them that there are no vowels in the Hebrew <laughs> alphabet. I said, but yet and still, they don't come against that like they do the J. What reprobates? In other words, you can't say Yahweh then. Y-A-H-W-E-H. You can't say that then, can you? Since there were no vows. There were no vows. I could do that like there were no change. It's rage, isn't it? It's stupidity. It's madness. And getting still, they are, Yahweh, Yahweh, Yahweh. I say, man, what are you doing? Amen. I mean, I guess we could just reverse it and say, there ain't no such thing as no Yahweh vows. <laughs> what in the world? Y'all brothers, check me out to make sure that I'm saying it's so, that it's so, brother and I mean, I thought I looked at that. I didn't see one vowel in the Hebrew alphabet. And yet and still, everything they, they say has got vowels, including the way they spell it. And I've been spelling it right. I'm not, I'm not, come on, brother and sister. I'm just a brother, okay? I told y'all a long, long time ago, way back in 94, 95 is when I came to the knowledge of what his name was. Because one day I kept saying, God, what was his name? So I looked it up, and I, and I kept looking, and it was, of course, you know how many different versions there were of it? And I just prayed and said, Father, you're going to help me out. I mean, look at all this. This is a confusion. So then I began to understand um, through study what it said. Of course, it's the same one been that little plaque right there. Been here ever since the doors were open. I ain't going to change it. Hallelujah. Now, when he comes and we're going to know his name, how to say it. But I'm not going to struggle over how to say it. I know he honored those who are his because he gives them not only his spirit, but his power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I bless his name. But see how foolish it is? There were no J's. I remember one time they kept saying, Hebrew is only pure language. I said, well, you shut the hell up then. You say another word in English, then you defile rat. Because they get mad at me. You're going to talk about how the Greeks and English are so much defiling stuff, then won't you shut up? Going around speaking all this broken Hebrew, confusing the minds of people. 
even the, 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 the linguists, the people who actually study languages and speak fluent Hebrew can't even understand that mess. And they've got such a spirit on them, they would tell a Hebrew linguist that he don't even know how to talk. Y'all think I'm kidding. Oh, by the way, that was good food yesterday, Sister Marlin. Wasn't that good food? That was good food. Man, that was good food. It's a good thing Sam ain't cooking. <laughs> Isn't that right? Hallelujah. We'd be known as straightway Ethiopians. <laughs> Hallelujah. It sure is good to know him. And the beauty of holiness and the fellowships of his suffering, it really is. Okay, you can stop it, brother Shane.